123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. And since it's Tuesday, I'd like to welcome back on the program Andrew Dambina, our Tuesday correspondent. Andrew, it's great to speak to you again. How are you doing? Good, uh, good. A really beautiful, bright afternoon. And um, yeah, we've had a, a, a nice long weekend. Halloween coming up. Not bad. What about you, Noreen? Yeah, things are, are, are great here. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I must say, I'm feeling a bit hi because uh, they're renovating the the studio next door so all that paint and all i don't know fumes, type fumes that's right that's uh, right so okay which yeah, brings you, in a little something mm. extra for the show i think yeah so, i can that hear that zestiness laurie <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i guess you can always kind of make the mask a bit tighter <laughs> maybe get a few fewer of them coming in at the sides <laughs> Exactly. Just an idea. I'm so glad yeah. we, we are all masked up anyway. But you sent me a few images. Um, I, I hope it's yeah. related to what you're going to talk about. Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be the last one, Noreen. I'll, uh, oh, sorry, I mean, I they're, they're, they're the quite gun. they're quite fun ones. If you, uh, I mean, I don't know if you uh, if you if you want to post them at some point, you can decide. Maybe yeah, yeah. After I'll post them on about, the Facebook. Sure. They're quite nice. Yeah, um, but actually, well, the, okay, so one of the images I sent you actually does relate to the first thing I want to talk about. We're in the week of Halloween, as I just mentioned, that we all know, and I thought I'd mention something food-related. We've not talked about Halloween in all of our years of Tuesday chats for a very long time. You're um, right. I, yeah, I, I remember I used, to, I used to run down what's going on at different places and all that. Obviously, there'd be no need to do that this year because uh, things are on a much kind of... Um, uh, smaller um, kind of scale um, and people I don't know how people are going to be about congregating well look on the plus side a lot of people will be wearing heavy duty Mast. Halloween masks anyway <laughs> they? So, so that's a good thing um, but um, yeah uh, specifically food wise though um, I, I, I wanted to um, uh, just talk about pumpkins because uh, it's uh, well. One one particular thing got me got me started on this. I was just looking around the idea of pumpkin pumpkins for our chat, and I came across um, uh, some one of the pictures that I have sent you is a very 1970s looking uh, book cover by um, uh, a, a food food writer who is uh, also now the editor of Gourmet magazine in America. Her name is Ruth Reichel, and her her first uh, cookbook had the uh, the interesting title of mm, a feastiery they don't make uh, book titles like that anymore that wasn't my reaction the book is actually called mm, lots of m's and then colon a feastiery and it's full of really iconic 1970s uh type food you know you're gonna find things like uh, shrimp cocktail in there and all, all of those real 70s things but also in it is something called whole pumpkin soup and it's something that she really championed back in 1972 when this book came out uh, and it's um it's basically serving up uh, a pumpkin soup not just for halloween it should be said but during the autumn season in the u.s where she's from where pumpkins are in season are very popular and taking out all of the meat and the seeds from a pumpkin scooping out the pulp drying the seeds, uh, baking them with, with oil to be used later, and then um, using a, a combination of other ingredients with the pumpkin uh, flesh, seasoning it mostly, uh, um, adding classically with, uh, with a pumpkin soup, there would be, uh, you know, the old-fashioned high-calorie dairy cream added. In her one, 
Um, even way back in the uh, 1970s, she was using coconut milk, which was quite a, quite a quite an eyebrow raiser for for that for the day. Coconut milk wasn't used as much in uh, Western recipes at all. So um, there's there's olive oil, garlic, and uh, spices. All, all of the, this recipe can easily be found by googling um, the uh, Ruth Reichel, and her, the spelling of her name is her surname is R E I. C-H-L, um, and uh, it's whole pumpkin soup. And the idea is that you get everything out of the pumpkin, you mix it and blend it, which you could use with a uh, handheld blender if you have to have one, and Sorry, then you stick uh, it back. Andrew, it's just cutting in and out a little bit. Um, so handheld ah. blender. Yes, go on. Yeah. So you're, you're, ta- you're, you're scooping out the flesh and the seeds of the pumpkin. You're cutting off the top of the pumpkin, sorry, I should say, to act as a lid before you do that. Then you're scooping out everything inside the pumpkin. And you're adding garlic, olive oil, coconut milk, and a whole load of other spices. And and this recipe is easy to find by Googling the name of the uh, the author, Ruth Reichel. And, uh, and then you stick it back either in her way. If you have an oven that's big enough, you stick it in the oven. If you don't... Um, there have been other people who have got other pu- pumpkin soup recipes to be served in a whole pumpkin out there, which can be used in a very big saucepan, and you can steam all of the ingredients inside uh, a saucepan. You can kind of double steam it because they're all boiling inside the pumpkin. So it's something that is a, is a good family warming dish. If people are not going out for Halloween or, or even, you know, during this cooler season as we can see a lot of a lot of pumpkins around in hong kong now you can try that you get a whole one slice off the top scoop it out look for one of these recipes online ruth reichel's recommended there's coconut milk in there which has got fewer calories than uh, than the cream that's used in western style wow. so do you like a bit of pumpkin soup noreen i do it's so hearty and it's just so deliciously sweet but not too sweet um and i must admit because you know coming from a sort of more chinese background soups are usually more watery so i remember trying my very first pumpkin soup sort of in my teenage mm. years and i thought wow this is so hearty you know it's a thick soup yeah um, so yeah, it's just it's so different from the soup that I'm used to. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners it, are like that too. I oh, know maybe right, some of our right. listeners are, are used to a more sort of heartier soup. I don't know. Well, I mean, it depends where you come from as well. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the UK, and pumpkins. I'm so sorry, Andrew. It's just used to make. I mean, it just sounds like you're a bit far away from the, from from the phone. Sorry, I'm a bit off mic too. Um, so, st- oh. yeah, stand still or sit still. Oh no, I, yeah, I am. I can't be. I can't be much stiller. Maybe we've got a bad bad line here. <laughs> right, that's a mistake. I'm just sitting at my desk, really, making pumpkin so, uh, soup. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Apart, apart from that, apart from wandering off to the oven now. <laughs> to check on the soup, um, but um, no, I mean, I, I didn't know anything of either Halloween or pumpkins growing up. Uh, it was a, it was a it played second fiddle in the UK to Guy Fawkes Night on November the fifth, um, which was um, where people gathered outside um, to let off fireworks, and sometimes people would turn up with uh, Halloween costumes, even though it was a week later, because oh. no one really knew what it was, and so pumpkin and pumpkins weren't really eaten. You know the, the the root, uh, no, no, it's not a root vegetable, but the vegetables that were eaten 
around that time of the year, um, even if people had spooky costumes on, baked potatoes and, uh, uh, you know, uh, baked or grilled uh, corn on the cob. So it was only when I went to Australia that I first tried pumpkin soup and was very wowed by it which yeah. uh, it's now become a staple i think uh, across across um, across europe and even in uh, the less experimental in my day uk as well so it's um yeah uh, what other what other dishes that you, you mentioned just just not not to linger on it for too long but other other dishes that you do you like you are you fond of it because it's full of nutrients pumpkin and uh, i mean it, it does go very well not only as a soup, but as a, as a as a fried vegetable with Western or Chinese dishes, I think. Oh, absolutely. You can uh, steam pumpkin with spare ribs or chicken wings as well. Yeah. And it's a, a really nice, um, uh, yeah, it's full of nutrients. I remember my poor youth, my confinement lady, <laughs> kind of made me have pumpkin sort of every other day to a point where oh, I was really? worried I was turning orange. But I don't think that was the oh. case. Yeah, because it can happen. Yeah. Babies especially, they love, well, some babies love pumpkin and it can turn their skin a bit orangey well too much carrots and too much uh yeah. pumpkin carotene well. carotene yeah 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 actually my, my yeah. wife is that the or- no. carotene yeah carotene <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, my, my wife was worried about that because uh because my son also was quite keen on those sweeter vegetables growing up so uh don't eat too much of it folks unless you want to look like the head of the u.s for now that's right and so, no so, kerosene yeah. either that's something else sorry no no you. no <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah yeah well yeah we'll, we'll move on from that one yeah um, so next something completely different um um i, I read on a on a local locally produced uh, wine focus website that uh, some of the uh, big names, as we know, many more. Well, we, we sometimes maybe see in news reports that fake wines are still a big thing uh, around the world. The most expensive wines that people collect and spend lots of money on, maybe to pop the cork to, to celebrate a special occasion, um, are still being, uh, are still turning up all over the world, being fake, fake labels uh, with with just um, you know any old stuff that looks like wine inside it that's trying to be passed off as wine sometimes filled up with uh, actually just a cheap wine that uh, can then be sold for thousands of dollars but wow. uh, last week yeah i mean it's happening all the time and uh, last week there was a really big bust that happened um in uh, in uh, it was it, well, it was actually uh, deemed to be something that was fake it's been going on actually for two years and it was in shaman that a, a supplier of wines was faking the labels and uh, not selling the real wine of something called Chateau Haute-Briand. And that is one of the top five Bordeaux wines from the region of Bordeaux in France, where normally people would be paying a minimum of $4,000 a bottle retail, so more of than that in restaurants. And 10,000 bottles of fake Chateau Haute-Briand um, have been uh, uncovered by authorities in further investigations. So good on the shaman authorities for actually pursuing this thoroughly after the uh, the winemaker complained, having had reports that what appeared to be um, fake bottles of this wine showed up in, uh, in a wine exhibition, or wine show, I should say, um, in Chengdu, in China, that went back to... Um, nearly two years ago. It's taken that long for the process to go through. But it's good that these things are happening because 
Um, so many bottles have turned up around the world. Um, some of them have been manufactured also in America. It's not only China that does this. There was a big case in America five years ago. Again, it was mostly the uh, Bordeaux wines, which fetch really large sums of money per bottle that were being targeted by the fakers. And someone who was a well-known distributor in, in America five years ago when that one happened and was known by the uh, many of the producers, the wineries um, and the auction houses turned out to be peddling fakes. So these things do, do happen quite a bit. And in the world of um, people that collect wine or keep a cellar, um, some people who have the um, have the wealth to do so will buy um, really high priced wines to um, to enjoy occasionally themselves, but they'll buy a case of them, twelve bottles or sometimes six, to, in in order to sell them uh, later. They'll keep half to sell, and then they'll enjoy the rest, and it kind of pays for itself if you hang on to it in the right distance for a yeah. few years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and and like. Um, yeah, like some other collectibles, antiques and art and stuff, they have to be kept in pristine condition. And uh, people will sell them through um, auction houses to get uh, to get even more than they can if they uh, you know, try and try and get rid of them themselves. So that was a big that was a big seizure. And I want to actually mention this website that uh, is produced by uh, uh, an editor in Hong Kong. It's called Vino Joy. So that's V-I-N-O hyphen J-O-Y. It's a Hong Kong-based wine website with a focus on China. And so this this Boston shaman was, um, it, you, you know, it was I, I got it because I subscribed to, uh, to that wine um, newsletter, and and I, I searched around, and and it hadn't it hasn't yet still been reported in other media. It will be because uh, in the wine world, fake wine watch is also is always a thing and um so um so that was good to know that a local a local wine news hound um found that um here in hong kong um yeah i I never thought of Um, that anyway topic for another day but maybe we can talk about counterfeit wines one day it's something that well yeah my mind well indeed and you know the can can have a fake yeah sorry go on andrew uh, oh no, no! Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. It, um, it, it, it it certainly does. And this this company, when they were raided by the authorities in Sherman, um, the uh, investigators also found over two hundred bottles of uh, fake champagne. Uh, a very famous label, Perrier Jouet, one of the big yeah. champagne houses. Um, they 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 found those as well. So that was along with ten thousand of this particular. Uh, producer of the you know that, that I mentioned before that's in the top five Bordeaux producers in France. So um, the 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 other uh, big big names in uh, uh, the other four of the top big names. I'm not going to just reel through them now, but but they also are are very often the targets of fakes because uh, <laughs> that's where the 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 fakers or those who buy them to peddle them on make the most money in uh, in in sums that can go up to the uh, the, the tens of, uh, of thousands and in some cases even higher than that oh. and that's uh, yeah so um, sticking with uh, wine for something of a more light-hearted note now and uh, something else that I sent you a few uh, snaps on Noreen before uh, we had this chat today sure. um, UK-based yeah, yeah, there's some cute pictures there, aren't there? Well, go on, you tell me what you can see, and then I'll tell you what it's all about. Okay, well, the first one you sent me was a, is a picture of, of a little piglet um, sort of yeah. trotting uh, in, in a foresty area. 
Um, yeah. It's quite cute. Kind of looks a bit like Charlotte's Web, to be honest. Um, it's a it's a it's a very cute uh, picture. Yeah, it does look a bit like Charlotte's Web. It's a it's a New Zealand bred miniature pig called the Kanakune uh, pigs, which are they're they're they're, in, they're well, you can say indigenous, but they've been they've been bred to be miniature pigs. And the uh, it's a nice picture, and it's a fuzzy background, so you can't really tell. But what that uh, little pig is is walking in between is uh, vines, grape vines that are that are producing wine. Oh, and this, yeah. this 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 story, um, there's a, I know there's another picture that I sent you as well, which has got another. Uh, can you make out? Do you know what that animal is? There's uh, there's someone holding a weird looking animal. Is uh, it an armadillo? <laughs> yeah, bang on, yeah, it... spot on. <laughs> Animal sure. spotter extraordinaire. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an armadillo, and uh, it's looking a little bit confused because it's, it's next to some grapes. <laughs> it looks like it's been gnawing. Um, so it's just been pull, pulled off them and looking a bit, oh, come on, get me back on those grapes. <laughs> um, so let's get to what the crux of this story is all about. Then. Um, I came across it and I thought something lighthearted. We all need a bit of lightheartedness. And it's um, uh, Drinks Business, which is based in uh, in the UK, a magazine uh, talking about old things drink, uh, named its, uh, uh, it, just in the last few days, its top 10 animals used as vineyard helpers. So, um, <laughs> I'm just going to... helpers. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in other words, that, that uh, winemaking uh, facilities and vineyards um, are using animals to help them um, with some specific tasks. And I'm going to quickly run through these. Um, I, I don't, we probably won't have time to do them all. I'm just quickly glancing the time there. But I can, uh, I can just give you a few. Right, what do you think geese are used for in, the, uh, in a winemaking facility? Oh, I'm terrible at these sort of things. I don't know, trodding I know, on, on the spot. Tr- trodding on, on, on the grapes. <laughs> I love it. I, I just trying to imagine that. That'd be great, wouldn't it? In a great big vat of grapes, just to, 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 with their wet feet, they'd get a lot of grapes. Per, exactly. Per, um, yeah, none, yeah, of, none of it thread. squishing through their toes because their toes are webbed. Right. Well, they are gobbling up beetles, which are uh, otherwise known to spoil fruit as it uh, as the beetles go up and eat some of the grapes when they become sweeter close to the time when they're picked at harvest time and um, this is one vineyard in Chile is doing this and they've got over 1,000 geese that are roaming around the vines uh, just eating these beetles and keeping the grapes in fine condition oh that's so, so cute wine making geese sort of yeah Aww. well they're helping in the process of making that wine it's yeah. true and uh, I'll just quickly go on to that uh, uh, the Kuna Kuna pigs which we mentioned those miniature pigs before um, what do you reckon they're up to <laughs> I don't know looking cute <laughs> <laughs> they're looking they're, they're, they're looking very cute and they're doing something far more mundane than uh, than eating beetles they're, they're, they're mowing the lawn oh. and um, so in, in in New Zealand in the uh, uh, in the Marlborough region and also in the UK um, some of these uh, some of these pigs have been uh, they've been experimenting with them, but they come from New Zealand originally to mow lawns because um, I'll just mention that sheep, a miniature type of sheep called a baby doll sheep, didn't send you a picture of this, is also being used um, in New Zealand and the UK um, to mow the lawn. So it doesn't use machinery, and it just uh, it, it keeps us kind of a certain. Um, 
uh, community around there going back to a process where sheep used to be used in farming to uh, to keep grass grass short. So we're just approaching the news, Andrew. I just want to yeah. quickly find out what is the armadillo doing? Because in the picture you sent me, um, she's eating the grapes. Yeah, <laughs> that's not now, really helping, now, is it? No, it's not. It's not at all. And and the owners have to be careful that armadillos don't eat the grapes because they love them. What they're really employed, although they're probably not paid to do so, is um, is to eat ants, which can. Uh, eats the uh, the leaves and the roots and then make the vines less healthy and the grapes won't be as nice as they should be. Oh, that's so cute. But not according to that picture you sent me. That armadillo was definitely eating the grapes. I think that's his reward. Reward <laughs> oh. for keeping the ants away. And that's from uh, Argentina, which is the place where they used them. Oh, well, Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on the programme. I look forward to more chats with you uh, next week as well, uh, on next week's Tuesday. Meanwhile, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, Noreen. Thank you. Bye. Bye for now.